For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is playing for the national title. It's too long, and Syracuse is your national champion. Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network, with the latest episode of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. I have a fantastic episode for you this time around. We are going to talk to Syracuse basketball recruiting target Jaleel Bethea, a class of 2024 guard who Syracuse is recruiting extremely hard. We're going to talk to him about the latest in his recruitment, where Syracuse stands, his relationship with Coach McNamara, and much more. And then we have a special guest, Brian Drake, who is a fantasy football writer, podcaster, radio show host, who is... Uh, based out of Syracuse, uh, a local product, a uh, born and raised in the area, and a huge Syracuse fan, because he has some information from some of his sources regarding uh, Syracuse's NIL situation and specifically um, the NIL offers that were made to Jesse Edwards from both Syracuse and other schools. So we're going to get some insight on that situation from him. Uh, but before we get into all of that, let's first talk to Jaleel Bethea, who is a class of 2024 four-star guard, uh, plays in, in Pennsylvania, one of the best recruits, uh, best guard recruits in the 2024 class, and someone that uh, Syracuse is targeting um, extremely, extremely hard. And he's taken an official visit. Um, he's, as I said, one of of Syracuse's top targets, uh, definitely top backcourt target uh, left in the 2024 class. He plays for Archbishop Wood in Pennsylvania. 24-7 uh, Sports has him rated uh, 63rd in the class. I've seen him as high um, as in the 30s. I believe that was uh, by on three. And so um, he's someone that could end up in the top 20 in the class. He's extremely talented unbelievably versatile, can play either guard spot. And uh, as I said, Syracuse recruiting him extremely hard. So let's bring him on and talk to him about the latest in his recruitment. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all of your sports wagering needs. Basketball, Major League Baseball, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options, as well as your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head to the website betonline.ag today 
to use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use your promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Thanks for uh, joining us on this week's episode, Jaleel. Um, the AAU season starting you know, just in a few days, I think. And um, what's your excitement level for this AAU season? You know, I, I think it's going to be your last right before uh, you hit college ball. So um, what's your excitement level, your expectations for it? I'm very excited. I'm very excited to go to uh, my last year at AAU with the, the guys I've been with for a couple of years now. And, like, I'm just focusing on uh, just winning peace damages, having, like, a good AAU season, being consistent and efficient the whole, the whole ride. What would you say are the biggest areas of improvement for your game from last AAU season going and then going into this AAU season? I would definitely say uh, by more of being a leader and uh, also being more of a like a like a player instead of just like a shooter. Probably I've been I've been able to work on my dribbling, passing, been able to work off the ball on the ball, and also my defense. I've been able to move my feet a little bit more, been able to get quick hands and stuff in situations. Now let's uh, switch gears to your recruitment. I know Georgetown and Virginia Tech, I think, are are your two most recent offers. Um, you know, what's what's your recruiting process been like? Has it been overwhelming at any point seeing all these high major programs after you? You know, what's what's it like uh, getting an offer and and seeing all these high major programs prioritize you? It's definitely overwhelming seeing like the schools that you've grown up watching, like the best players that are in the NBA right now playing at, and them just like. Recruiting you and just texting you is like a, a real heartfelt thing. That like when I was a as a kid, I never would have thought that this would have been happening in my life right now. I know you've taken visits in the past, and you got AAU season coming up, so that you know makes your schedule kind of hectic. But do you have any visits scheduled coming up this spring or this summer? Uh, I have uh University of Miami. I'm going to be taking an official up there. Very soon, once like the AAU starts to die down. Okay, so you don't have a date set for that, but you know you're going to take it. No, at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know okay. I'm going to take it there pretty soon, but I just don't have a like, date. I gotcha. Um, then let's uh, switch gears to Syracuse. Obviously, that's the team that I cover the most. I know they've been recruiting you pretty hard for a long time. How are things with Syracuse? What's uh, you know what's the um, situation like with them and, and how they're recruiting you? Yeah, it's definitely been a big thing since uh, Coach Beheim left, but everything is still cool between us because during uh, the process of me being there on that official visit, I've been able to meet all the coaches and players, and just like that relationship that we have is like real, real cool. Especially Coach Alter and uh, Coach T Mac; those are the main two people that text me most of the time and call me, and we just have like been a relationship that like. A good relationship. What was your reaction when you heard the news about Bayheim retiring and, and Coach Autry taking over? I mean, my reaction was kind of like, I mean, I wasn't really surprised because I kind of like knew he was going to leave pretty soon. But like, I really, it really didn't matter to me because I knew there was coaches that I knew on the coaching staff that would have been stepping up. 
Okay. I gotcha. Um, so what did it mean to you that, you know, short, very shortly after that transition, coach Autry, coach McNamara, the, the Syracuse staff comes down to, to watch you play. So obviously making you a priority and one of their top priorities to come see you immediately after that transition, what, you know, what did, uh, what did that mean to you? How, how much did you notice uh, that they did that? Uh, it meant, it meant like, it means they like, like they like really want me. Cause like a coach is coming to see me in person, then calling and all that is like a whole nother thing. Words that people can say to you are it's like a different feeling than them coming and say it to you in person. So then once Coach Bayham once retired and they came to see me, I was like, it really was a great feeling. Uh, and I heard you played pretty well in front of them too. That must have made you feel good. Yeah, the game, it was, it was, I had a okay game. It wasn't one of my most <laughs> outgoing games. Nah, you're, you're being too critical of yourself, I think, on that, but. You know, um, you know, you mentioned Coach McNamara. What's what's your relationship like with him? I know he's been recruiting you for a while. Um, how, how are things between you guys? What's that relationship like? Uh, just him being a guard and then me being a guard is just like the two things that just go together. He tells me about how I can be this, this like how I can come to Syracuse and just be like the best player that I am right now. Like I can become the best player at Syracuse and all that, and just. And he actually, like, FaceTimed me and stuff. And me and him have, like, very funny conversations. And very – it's like it's like we're friends, almost like best friends. So so tell me what's funny about those conversations. Like, give me an example of, of something uh, that, that would happen that would be funny during those conversations. Like, he'll, he'll ask me – he'll ask me, like, sometimes, like, what's, like, your favorite food? I'll probably say, like, a, like a cheesesteak or something. And he'll be like, what? Cheesesteaks ain't nothing. <laughs> and then just be like a laughing thing today. I gotcha. Um, so does that mean you're a Philly fan? Sixers, Eagles? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a Sixers and Eagles fan. But I really don't watch baseball like that. Uh, I I knew I liked you though, because I'm an Eagles fan as well. And I know and I know Coach McNamara is. So you guys must uh must bond mm-hmm. on that for sure. Um yeah. So, you know, when you look back at, at the way that he develops guards, right? Like he's he's coached and helped develop uh, a, a bunch of guards that have gone in, in the first round of the NBA draft. Mike Carter-Williams, Tyler Ennis, Deion Waiters was on staff for, for all those guys. Uh, you know, how much do you look at that and see that as, as a possibility that you could kind of follow in those same footsteps? Well, I can definitely see myself in those uh, footsteps because they were the, like the same person that I am right now. And then the, the people that people at Syracuse can develop a player like me into them, how they went to the NBA, they got drafted and all that. Um, well, you know, what's been the message from Coach Autry about how the system's going to change and, you know, under under his direction as opposed to, you know, the way it was under Coach Beheim and, and how do you think you fit into what his vision is for the program? Uh, he really ain't saying nothing that's really going to change for him. He's just the head coach now. But I feel like I I could I could fit in in that thing being just like playing fast. I, I love playing fast, and that's how Syracuse they get up and down the court. Yeah, he definitely says he wants to push tempo. Um, he's he's made that comment a few times. Um, now I I know you've taken an official visit to Syracuse previously. See, so you've seen him up close in person, etc. Um, should Syracuse fans expect you to be back on campus sometime this spring or summer potentially? Uh yes yes. Okay. Uh, for an, uh, 
already talked about that. So what would you be looking to see this time around since you've been there before, uh, but, you know, another visit, um, is, is there anything that, that you're looking to see or, or potentially uh, get a feel for that, that maybe you didn't last time? Uh, no, not really. Probably just the, the same feeling I felt last time. I felt like, I felt like I was, uh, being, I was greeted very well, treated like a, like a room, like a person and all that. I gotcha. How would I say like another visit? Just like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, to be honest. Okay. It would All be right. like another, another good, uh, good greeting. I gotcha. Um, any, uh, current Syracuse re- recruits or players, you know, JJ Starling, Elijah Moore, anybody like that trying to recruit you to get him to join him up there? No, they, they, they haven't, uh, really talked to me as much. Okay. Um, where does Syracuse currently stand in your recruitment? Uh, they're actually, they're, they're, uh, Syracuse is pretty high on my right now. Yeah, you have, you have a, 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 you don't have a don't top have list or a ranking or anything? I don't have much. Okay. Uh, so I know you want to take a visit to Miami. Any other schools that you're looking to visit, uh, before you, you get to decision-making mode? Uh, no, not really. I haven't really thought about that yet. Okay. Uh, do you have any idea when you want to make a decision by, like, type of time frame? Sometime over the summer, before your senior season starts? Have you thought about that at all? I think I would probably wait for a little bit. I'd probably play, probably play like, a couple high school games. And then I would probably just fill it out for a little bit more. And just, I'd probably make my commitment somewhere towards, like, the midway of my senior season. Okay, and then since you're an e- since you're an Eagles fan, I got to ask you this question: What's your reaction to Jalen Hurts' big contract? I was very surprised. I wasn't surprised, but like it was a good feeling to Philly for them to keep him there because the, all the effort and stuff he put in. Yes, sir. He he's been. He was pretty special last season, no doubt. Uh, Jill, I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for giving us a few minutes, and uh, good luck this AAU season. I, I know the Syracuse fans will be paying close attention to you. Thank you. It's tailgating season, and no one does it better than Hoffman Sausage Company. Beer bratwurst, jalapeno cheddar sausage, kibasi, and bun-length chicken sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and snappy grillers, and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879, when you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells, Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. Really appreciate uh, Jaleel Bethea taking some time uh, to talk to us about the latest in his recruiting process. We are going to transition from um, that situation to the transfer portal, where Syracuse has added two high-quality, high-caliber, highly-touted uh, transfer recruits in J.J. Starling, who that is uh, that has been known, but also, most recently, Chance Westry, a 6'6 guard who was at Auburn last season. Um, he had his season cut short by injury, and so he got a medical redshirt, so he still has four years of eligibility remaining, but was an elite recruit who Syracuse recruited, uh, was his first offer, and um, now they bring him uh, to Central New York to join the Orange. He's someone who, uh, you know, if Judah Mintz does return, he can play with both Mintz and Starling. All three can be on the court at the same time because of his skill set. He can play the three. But then if Mintz sticks in the NBA draft, uh, 
Westry can slide into the backcourt as your other starting guard next to JJ Starling. And those two will complement each other quite well. So Syracuse has brought both of those guys on and uh, they have both of those guys as additions to the roster, but they have lost someone to the transfer portal in Jesse Edwards as a very high profile situation that has, um, attracted a lot of discussion around Syracuse, its NIL situation, what it was able to do um, or not do with Jesse Edwards. So in order to get more information and more insight on that, we're bringing in Brian Drake, who I mentioned previously is a highly regarded fantasy sports writer, podcaster, radio show host, but uh, someone who is also um, from Syracuse is a Syracuse fan and uh, has some uh, good sources uh, in that regards as well. So let's bring on Brian. All right. We have Brian Drake here joining us and he has some um, interesting information that we're going to get to about Jesse Edwards and his NIL situation with both Syracuse and West Virginia. Brian Drake is a fantasy football, fantasy sports guru. He has the fantasy football hustle podcast. He has a radio show on Sirius XM fantasy for pro football focus. He's a fantasy writer for first fighting, fighting chance fantasy, if I could say it correctly. And he has the two point stance pod on uh, fantasy points. So he is everything fantasy sports uh, that you could imagine. But I've also noticed that he's tweeted out quite a bit of things about Syracuse and seems to interact with a lot of people about Syracuse athletics related things. And so he tweeted out some interesting things about Jesse Edwards and the NIL situation. I thought I'd have him on. But before we get into some of those specifics, Brian, first, thanks for joining us. But second, uh, what's your connection to Syracuse? Why so interested in SU for those that are um, perhaps unaware? Thanks for having me, Mike. I've been a big fan of your work and I know that you've been on these airwaves here in Central New York uh, for a long time, giving folks great information. And who knew before the show that you and I are literally doing this show about two miles apart right. here in Syracuse. Uh, but I, I'm born and raised in Syracuse, uh, went to Henniger High School, uh, always loved the Orange, have had season tickets since as far back as I can remember. I was in the Dome for the 1990 Kirby Dardar kickoff return, the reverse Kirby against Dardar. Florida. I was there when Peyton Manning in Tennessee came in and, and uh, you know, Oklahoma, the, the 9-11 uh, aftermath with uh, Auburn. So I've been there for all the games. Uh, I've been a Syracuse fan my entire life. Uh, so a lot of things in, that go on inside the Carrier Dome are near and dear to my heart. So now I can pass that along to my son and daughter, including taking them to McCartney and Elton John and uh, soon to be Sp- uh, Springsteen. Uh, it, my bank account will never recover. <laughs> I uh, I hear you on that, and I'm I'm doing the same thing. You know, I I also grew up in the area, and going to games at the dome with my dad was a huge reason why I fell in love with sports and was a lifelong sports fan. And now I'm able to do the same thing with my son, taking him to basketball and football games, and um, was lucky enough that I felt. Uh, that there was a strong enough chance that the last game in the Dome this past season on the basketball front might have been Jim Beheim's last game at the Dome. So last minute, grabbed a couple tickets, took my son. We went and sat up in the nosebleeds and watched uh, Jim Beheim's last game in the Dome. And after all that went down after the season, I uh, was even more glad that I had made the decision to do that, even though that's a smart move. I wish I would have done that, too, because it I hurt had my wallet, inkling. you know. Yeah, oh, I did God. too. And that's and and I I looked at my wife and I said, you know, I, I go to cover a bunch of the games 
But, you know, this one I had already given to an intern and I looked at my wife and said, I just have a weird feeling. Yep. And I'm like, man, I, I'm just not sure if it's going to be or not. She's like, you want to go, don't you? I said, yes, yes, I do. She's like, <laughs> why don't you take your son? That would be a cool thing if it ends up being. And if not, the worst, the worst possible outcome is that you went and watched a basketball game with your son. In the exactly. Room. That was the worst possible outcome. So. Um, and I'm a big McNamara fan. I remember going to McNamara's senior day and I'm sitting in the 300 level and I have tears falling down my face as McNamara's band. It's a bunch of kids. They basically brought in uh, sang some song for Jerry McNamara on his senior day. And I just thought of I was like, wow, man, this guy has just done so much for me as a fan. And we're not that far off in age. Right. Uh, you know, and I remember right. I watched the national championship game in the dome, uh, you know, with with some other fans and partied on Marshall Street. So I, I have this, you know, affection for Jerry McNamara. And I remember having a job, one of my first real jobs out of school. We during the day, uh, the guy I was training with, we, he was like, we're blowing off work and we're just going to watch the run of Jerry McNamara through the Big East tournament. Uh, you know, and there's, you know, one after another, and, and, you know, the Bay, we wouldn't have won 10 bleeping games, but Jerry McNair, it was great. So that, that's how I really got um, introduced to my, my first career outside of, of college. But yeah, I'm a huge SU fan. Thought I was going to go to Syracuse till I realized, yeah, like I, I'm broke uh, North Talk side about hurting your Syracuse. Wallet. Yeah. And my dad's an <laughs> auto mechanic. Uh, so he's like, yeah, you're not doing that kid. So up the road to Oswego, I went, but it was a great decision. It's where I got to meet my wife and all my great friends today. That's fantastic. Um, and uh, former prime uh, Adam Shine intern, I believe, or, or uh, yes, producer I got as well, to work so. uh, at the the great W uh, WHEN back in the day, uh, 620. There was a lot of great shows back in the day there. The yes, original Bud and the Manchild, Primetime yep. Adam Shine. Shout out to Ty Doyle, who was the producer on that show. Uh, yeah, I got to intern there. And a lot of times I was there early in the mornings. And as a, coming down from Oswego as a frat boy, that was difficult, I tell you, <laughs> to, to get there. And I'm literally just like the only guy in the studio just hitting the liner. And I'm like listening to games just when they go 10 second radio ID. That's back before it was all automated. I was the schlub in the studio pressing the button. So it would go like, you know, sports radio 620 or whatever it was. And then I could go back to sleep for another hour. And and look what that's turned into. And you're now you're here talking to me. And if you hadn't been there pressing that button, you might not be. So it all worked out for everybody, I think. But it does. And and now I, I do radio in my basement. What a world. What uh, the, the technology advancements and some of that stuff, unbelievable. Uh the fact that you can do a radio show from your basement is is amazing. Um so let's get into the Jesse Edwards situation. Obviously, this whole scenario of Syracuse losing Jesse Edwards, a uh, big topic amongst Syracuse fans, but more specifically, the NIL angle to it. So let's start with uh, the the information that you have that you tweeted out about how much Jesse Edwards got from West Virginia and how that compared to the offer that he had from Syracuse. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, the person that I spoke with 
um, has very good information on, on Syracuse University athletics. We'll just say that. And uh, this source told me that this deal was done in Toronto, Canada. They told me they did it north of the border to make sure, you know, Jesse's got this, I believe it's an F1 visa Correct. Uh, that, he, that he has. So, and they said Syracuse had no idea what they were doing with this visa. So, you know, it just shows how behind the eight ball Syracuse really is in terms of NIL and thinking in those regards. So Jesse went up, uh, they, they made the deal for Jesse for West Virginia. West Virginia also went and got that great player out of Arizona. They're going to be a pretty good team next year, by the way. And they offered him, according to my source, $800,000, which was double, more than double what Syracuse was going to offer him. So again, for those thinking out there, hey, Jesse Edwards, you know, we don't have any money. If someone says, I'm going to give Jesse Edwards $400,000 for one year of probably not making the tournament basketball, I mean, that's that's pretty damn good. Uh, I know Syracuse doesn't have a ton of money. I've had folks tell me the different collectives and, and how much money is inside them, and some of these collectives could not buy a nice house in the Syracuse suburbs, uh, if, if you think of it that way. But, uh, yeah, that that's what I was told is that Jesse uh, got eight hundred grand. And the workaround was going to Canada to get the deal done. Um, so, hey, that, those are the breaks for Syracuse. But I'll say this, Mike. People talk about we don't have Adam Weitzman in our corner, and that's maybe another story we'll get into. We don't have Jesse Edwards. My question to you is this. What did Syracuse win with those guys? So we didn't make the tournament the two years that Jesse started for us. And, you know, we, we lost Joe, Gerard, and, now we don't have Weitzman and all his friends coming to the courtside, but was was Syracuse better for those two years? I mean, how worse can we get? This was a non-tournament team. This was a team that was barely competitive most weeks. Uh, by the end of the season, they were not. So, I mean, it is what it is. We, we move on. Fans get all upset, and then, oh, wait, Chance Westry's coming to town? Like, let's go. We're back on the bus. Yeah, well, the, the funniest thing to me, and, and I and I see this often, and and first of all, the the going to Canada route or going to another country route, I believe uh, Kentucky did that with Oscar Shigwe, and I think that's how they they use that workaround as well. Um, so that's not an uncommon theme, and I think that's that's what most schools that's the easiest route for most schools to kind of skirt around some of those you know visa issues uh, as far as getting someone nil money. But uh, what I'll say is. I've always found the hilarity between the complaints that Syracuse stinks. Players aren't any good. We need better players. And then how come Syracuse isn't winning more with these players? Well, wait, you just said they stunk. So isn't the fact that they're even 500 mean that the coaching staff's actually doing a good job? No, the coach should be winning more. Well, how can they win more if all the players stink? So it's it's always funny to me that to insult the players, say that they're terrible, and then say, but at the same time, the coaches should be winning more with these terrible players. So I, I don't know. It's, and Syracuse was a young team this they last year. Of course, you have Gerard, you have Edwards. As, as I just said, we didn't never won anything with them to begin with anyways. But this was a really young team, and it's going to continue to be a young team with Starling and uh, you know Chance Westry. And I, I personally don't think Judah Mintz is coming back. Uh, but you know, it, this is a young guy, Kadir Copeland and uh, you know, if Justin you got Taylor, uh, Chris Justin Bell. Taylor, Malik Brown, and you know the Chris Bell. This is still a super young team. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Benny Williams is your most experienced player at this point. It, you know, because he's he's been there multiple years. Uh, you know, at least JJ has a year of starting at Notre Dame, where he played 
almost the whole season until you know he's he didn't great, play down the stretch. By the way, he's, JJ's he's starting fantastic. to be the best player on the floor. Yes. Uh, he his potential is flat out through the roof. And Chance Westry, I know I, I've seen some. Well, he only averaged two points a game last year at Auburn, et cetera. But he had injury issues, and that pretty much derailed any chance he had to contribute. He wasn't going to start at Auburn, but he was expected to play a decent role and play a lot more than nine minutes per game over 11, 11 games. Um, and he's extremely talented as well. So if he can be healthy and, and can put it all together, I, that has the potential to be a pretty – dynamic backcourt but back to this jesse edwards and nil situation so syracuse offers around four hundred thousand. uh west virginia gets him with eight hundred thousand. do we know if there were offers from other schools in addition to west virginia and syracuse and where in that ballpark those offers fell <laughs> excuse me battling a, a cold here uh you know well now healthcare on route 31 told me this cough would be gone by tonight i'm sorry mike uh <laughs> So we know that Kansas was involved and we know that Gonzaga was involved. I don't know if they offered any money. My guess would be if you're Kansas, you can get a Jesse Edwards kind of anywhere uh, and you don't have to shout. Kansas doesn't need to pay $800,000 to get a Jesse Edwards to come in and, and be their backup center. You'd figure uh, if so they were going to shell that out, it'd be for Hunter Dickinson, honestly. Yeah, I know there's a lot of Syracuse fans. They're hoping against hope. It's like, well, if you can't afford uh, Jesse, how are you going to afford this kid out of Michigan that everybody wants? Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what those schools may have offered, but it just goes again to show you, this is a money-driven deal for Jesse Edwards. Because if you have the opportunity to go for one season, Jesse Edwards has one year left to play at Gonzaga for a national championship or Kansas for a national championship, and you're going to go play in Morgantown, West Virginia, it's about the money. Come on. Yeah, well, yeah, 100%. And uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, over the school that developed you for four years, that you have a good relationship with the coaching staff, you like your teammates. It's not like he didn't like being here. He did. Sure. Uh, he liked being here. Um, you know, we heard reports or rumors that he was dating one of the cheerleaders, so his girlfriend is, is supposedly at the school, and you're leaving all of that to go to a program that's had pretty much similar success or lack thereof over the last – couple of seasons um, that that Syracuse has. And the last time both teams were decent was, I think, three years ago or so when they played each other in the NCAA tournament. Syracuse won and went to the Sweet 16 with uh, the Buddy Bayheim team. Um, so the last couple of years have been a struggle for for both teams. Um, the, the question I have regarding Syracuse's offer to Edwards, was it as substantially less than West Virginia's offer because Syracuse couldn't afford to match, or did they choose not to match because they thought the price was too high for that type of player? That's a great point. And you've got to look at it this way. If you're offering 400 K and again, that's just, that's the offer that my source told me. That's a lot of money for one year for, a, for one player. It is. It, you know what? At some point, if you're Syracuse, you just go, all right, good luck, kid. Have fun, make your money down there because at some point, again, on a team that may not be very good next year, how much are you going to pay for a Jesse Edwards? You know, it's, it's not like he's coming off and he's the, the reigning defensive player of the year or something like that. He's, he's a nice player, but he gets beat up by some of these bigs when we play in the ACC. So, you know, maybe you, you got to a ceiling with that 400 and you go, it's like Shark Tank. He's like, you know, thanks for everything, but I'm out. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And especially because if you can take so every school 
has a certain amount of resources when you look at NIL. Now, obviously, some schools have a lot larger, if you look at it in terms of a salary cap, right? If you think about it in those terms mm-hmm. to kind of put a professional sports spin on it. So every school has its own salary cap in terms of what it can offer NIL wise for each of its athletics programs. Now, if Syracuse has its own figure that it wants to spend, right? Let's say if 400,000 of that was going to go to Jesse Edwards, he says he wants more you kind of have to make a decision. Like, are we better off offering more and getting Jesse Edwards or saying this is the max we can go? He says no. And then taking those same resources and applying it to maybe you get two other good players uh, for what would have cost to just get Jesse Edwards. So now you're sort of managing your roster almost like a professional team where you have salary cap type of situations that you have to make sure that you stay under certain amounts and, and, decide how you're going to allocate uh, those funds instead of simply recruiting the best players that you can and hoping you can get as much talent on your roster as possible. Now you've got this added layer to it with the way that the NIL is working. And when I heard 400,000, that shocked me because to me, that seems like a number almost that Syracuse can't realistically get to when uh, another source told me what one of the collectives has in its coffers, the entire Collective did not have $400,000 in it, which is embarrassing on top of itself. But that's why when I heard that number, I go, that's a lot of dough for Jesse. And maybe, you know, we look at it this way. Maybe West Virginia wasn't outbidding Syracuse. Maybe they had to spend $800,000 to outbid the Kansases and the Gonzagas of the world. Syracuse could have been left at, you know, at the doorstep because they don't have any money. So I don't, I don't know. It's... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Syracuse can do going forward. And it's not only basketball. I mean, there's football that needs some money. I mean, you're much more into that than I am. I mean, how many of these SU football players are making any dough? Anybody? Well, some of them are making money, but not. it's not like a, you know, the, it's the recruiting angle of it that makes it most interesting because it's it's like a pay-for-play, but legalized pay-for-play, even though they'll say, well, you're not supposed to sign an NIL contract with the understanding that that's only if you go to this school, but there's ways that, you know, you work around it. And part of what was reported, you know, to bring up a name you mentioned, Adam Weitzman, part of the way that, you know, he was working around it was he was saying, if you live in the state of New York, or if you live in upstate New York, well, yeah, you're only living in upstate New York, a kid from uh, Florida or a kid from California is only living in upstate New York if they're going to Syracuse, right? Yeah. So th- that's you find loopholes like that to to skirt around some of the NCAA rules. So um, the pay for play, it's it's essentially legalized pay for play is is the way it's being used right now. But there, I mean, there are players at Syracuse, football players that are making NIL money, but it was not part of why they came to Syracuse in the first place, and mm-hmm. so. You know, Syracuse, it, it, the fact that they were able to offer $400,000 makes me wonder if there's individuals behind the scenes that are able to help with some of this in addition to just the collectives. Um, right. So th- it, that's that's kind of, I think, you know, it, it, as public as Weitzman was, it would seem that there have to be some behind the scenes in similar capacities that just aren't as as public as he was. I've heard that exact line that people know Adam Weitzman. They think he's the only guy out there. And, hey, God bless him. If he wants to spend his money on Syracuse athletics, good for him. 
You right, know, it's his money. I, Do what you want with it. Yeah, I don't have that money to to play with. If he wants to spend it there, good for him. But there's other guys, and and I don't want to just par- uh, make it say guys, but for this general thing, there's there's other guys paying more than what Weitzman is, uh, and they just don't get as publicized, and and they don't want to put it out there um, because that's just not their gimmick, uh, so to speak. So yeah, it, folks, don't, it's not all gloom and doom because our biggest high profile guy is now out. Um, th- there's other folks, you know, it's, it's not like Syracuse has never produced an alumni before right. who's made a dollar or two. Yeah. And, and I think Syracuse prefers, you know, the low profile nature of, of some of those contributions, right? Because the more high profile you are, the more there's a risk that the NCAA is going to take a closer look at you. And we know what Syracuse's history is with the NCAA. It's not positive. So mm-hmm. um, the more you can avoid that, I think the better. And I think that's why they wanted to get out of the Adam Weitzman business, to be to be honest. I, I made is, that exact point. I, I wrote an article that said, uh, essentially, like, listen, I get not having a a millionaire, billionaire, what, whatever he is, his net worth is, um, you know, helping your NIL situation. I get that that's not a good thing. However, right. I also understand that the university is risk averse when it comes to the NCAA. Yeah, there's still a small private school. When you think of the Big East. And these, you know, the the original Big East with these small Catholic private colleges like Syracuse at its core is still that small little private college. You know, they're they're not the University of Texas. They're not Oklahoma. They're not, you know, Florida. They're, they're just not. Yeah, they're not. And uh, and they're not going to be. So uh, the, now on the positive side of things, you know, you mentioned J.J. Starling. We mentioned Chance Westry. Two high-profile transfer recruits that are coming to Syracuse. How much, in in your opinion, should that give Syracuse fans some confidence that they can still attract top-level talent given their current NIL situation and some of those challenges that we've discussed? I love it because, well, first of all, look at the teams that made the Final Four this year. How much do you think those kids were really making? All right? My guess, not much. Not at Florida Atlantic. I wouldn't think that they were getting huge money. Yeah, so to think we can never win because we're not paying kids, I think a lot of these schools, Mike, and this could be very naive. They're gonna they want to get to the point where they go, you know what? We're kind of we're backing away from this nil thing. It, 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 you know, it is what it is. But if you want to come here and be part of the program, they're gonna start selling it that way again because it's like we can't pay everybody. We can't pay you know the ball boy, and we're not gonna give a hundred thousand dollars to every lineman like Miami or whatever these guys are doing. If you want to come here and play ball and we can develop you for a few years, I think that's what Syracuse is going to become uh, the, more or less of this one and done Carmelo style and more of let's get you here for a few years, develop you. And, it, you know, thank God a guy like Benny stayed and he could be the poster child for this is these guys stay. Maybe you make a little bit because, hey, you get a, a TV commercial like Joey Spolina. I see him on TV all, <laughs> all over the place. And, you know, you can make a couple bucks that way, but you're going to get a great education going to play on TV all the time and have a chance to go to the NBA, which was the old, you know, sales pitch. They used to give recruits to come to Syracuse uh, because at the end of the day, the school just doesn't have any money. And I think there's a lot of other schools out there who are kind of in the same boat as Syracuse. Like not everybody is the Rockefellers of college basketball, just handing out, you know, million dollar handshakes left and right. Like that's going to go out the window when, these rich guys look and go, wait a minute, Florida Atlantic just made the final four and we just paid this kid $2 million. You know, we didn't make the tournament. Like what the hell are we doing here? There's no return of my, that investment here. 
Yeah, that's that's a great point. And, um, you know, Coach Beheim has has been saying for the last handful of years how many times um, where he's been saying stuff like there are more good players now than there ever have been. And basically right. everybody's good. Everybody can beat you. And that's why a team like Florida Atlantic, a team like San Diego State that doesn't have these situations still has really good players and really good teams and can make a run at the final four. And, um, you know, San Diego state was in the national championship game and, and even, even UConn, um, you know, they, they had an amazing team, extremely deep, but that was not made up of a whole bunch of top five recruits mm-hmm. who were being paid millions of dollars to go there. They developed their team very well. They were, they had several highly rated recruits, but they weren't Kentucky, Duke, Kansas level recruits where you're basically getting the best player at every position. Uh, they found the right guys that fit what they want to do. They found enough players at each position and uh, they developed those guys. And Andre Jackson, a prime example, someone Syracuse recruited pretty hard, ends up going to UConn, but he got incrementally better each year. And you mentioned that Benny Williams is a poster child for for that type of development, has the potential to be. Jesse Edwards actually is is also a poster child for that, even though Absolutely. he's leaving. Great point. And he, he's leaving in his final year, but just over the course of his career, playing a little bit more each year, becomes a starter. And, you know, this past year, 14 and 10 and, and leads the ACC in blocks and um, all ACC defensive team and, and all those types of things, um, you know, from from a guy that was – um, a mid-level international recruit that not many people had ever heard of and didn't think would ever become anything. And he's, he's becoming, he became someone who almost made a million dollars in NIL for, for his final year of college basketball. So kudos to him. And and we'll see how all of that ends up working out. And you see this Syracuse roster, I believe they have two spots left for scholarships. They do. This Depending on Judah Mintz, if he leaves, they got three. Yeah. Judah, Judah Mintz is gone. Um, that's uh, that was word from those uh, guys that I was talking to uh, the sources. They they did not believe that Judah Mintz is coming back. Judah's gone. Uh, and they also said Joe Girard to LSU. One guy said he talked directly that day to Joe's father. He goes, Joe is in Baton Rouge. And oh, lo and behold, a few days later, we saw pictures of Joe Girard in, with LSU jerseys on. So that was my other prediction is Joe to LSU. But I know they've signed a couple of players. So uh, we'll see if that sticks. But this Syracuse team could be deep, Mike. There's a lot of players on this roster. There are. So, I mean, this this could be a team that develops, and they just got to find a big that can play. I don't know if Hema can. Harry's a stick figure, and he's coming off an injury, and you don't know what to, you can ever expect from a freshman. But if they can get somebody with any sort of mass to play center, I think Syracuse could be okay. Yeah, I they just think they need guards someone. too, real big. They do, and they, they got length everywhere. So I think if, if you're looking for a big um, – you know, Musa Sisse, who's a Oklahoma State transfer, former Big 12 defensive player of the year. That's a guy that I look at that almost fits exactly what you need, right? He's he's big, he's physically strong, he can rebound and play defense. You don't need a guy that's going to get you 15 points a game from the center position, uh, the, mm-hmm. the way that this team is built, in theory, if if everything works out. So uh, you get a guy like that and and hope that, you know, Hema continues to be solid as, as a, a backup center, everything else you know, sort of comes to, uh, you know, the the plan that Coach Autry has. They push they push tempo. They play much more man, and they're more versatile offensively. You know, could come together and be a, an interesting team, an entertaining team. So we'll 
we'll see how all that ends up working out. But Brian, I really appreciate your time. Really appreciate your insight on the Jesse Edwards and Syracuse's NIL situation. Uh, we'll have to have you on again um, at some point to, to simply just talk Syracuse and, and get your thoughts on teams and, you know, maybe preview next season and, and go about it from that perspective. Sounds good. Glad to be here. Go Cuse. Really appreciate Brian and his insight into Syracuse's NIL situation with Jesse Edwards um, specifically. So fantastic to have him on. Really, really great insight. And we're going to have to have him back on just to talk about Syracuse in general, being a Syracuse fan, given the fact that, you know, we, we found out as we were setting up this interview that he lives literally right down the road for me. So uh, we might have to do something in person. We'll, we'll figure figure all of those specifics out at some point, but definitely going to have him back on, but that'll do it for this episode of the believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Hoffman sausage company and bet online. Thank you again to Brian and Jaleel for take some time for us and we'll see you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.